Hello! Welcome to Tay to Z, where we chat about every Taylor Swift song in alphabetical order. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab, and we will be your hosts on this journey. In our last episode, we talked about I Think He Knows from Lover. And today, we are discussing the song I Wish You Would from 1989. I Wish You Would is the seventh track on 1989. 1989 was released on October 27th, 2014, and this song was co-written by our guy, Jack Antonoff. Another one. Another Jack Antonoff song. Woo! I Wish You Would has been played live by Taylor 85 times, all of which were on her 1989 world tour back in 2015. Mm -hmm. So Devin, Mm. what do you think about I Wish You Would? We got ourselves another Jack song here. Such a bop. I thought that this was a bop before I even knew what bops were, because (laughs) in 2014, I didn't know what bops Mm. were. That wasn't the lingo. It was like a fun dance song. Like, it was a hit. It was a pop song on the radio. Like, that sort of thing. I'm trying to think if I used the term bop back then. Because Call Me Maybe came out a couple, like, the year before that, I think. That's a bop. Now I consider that a bop. Yeah. Then I would consider it a catchy song. Mm -hmm. I don't know if bop had been coined yet. I feel like I had said bop before, Mm. but maybe not. Maybe it was a Jersey thing and that's where it started. Probably not a Jersey thing. It hadn't hit Vermont yet. (laughs) Probably true. The bop trend. Because, you know, this was one of the songs I purchased. I remember On iTunes. Mm -hmm. And it was a big deal. Drew had played this for me and then I like literally lost my mind and obviously so good Mm -hmm. became obsessed with it from the get-go it's a dance song it's fun it's catchy you like can listen to it pretty much anytime anywhere Mm. she sounds awesome on it and yet again we have jack's amazing production value on this song the intro Super iconic. Like, when I go back to all the songs we were thinking of with iconic intros for that bracket, Mm -hmm. this one never even came into, like, my mind. And listening to it, I'm like, oh, I immediately know it's... Yeah, it's such a good intro. That guitar! The guitar at the beginning is so good. Epic. And it just puts you right into the mood for the rest of the song. I love the drums on this track, mm-hmm. like really good. I love all the, there are so many wild synths on this track mm-hmm. that are so good and fun and like outer space, like, yeah. like things like it's really 80s mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. really plays into the narrative of this album, yeah. which is so good. And, and it's sonically incredibly pleasing to the ear for me. I love the time through the verse after the bridge when the production cuts back out and it's just the guitar again and it's, you know, 2 a.m. Here we are. Yeah, so good. And you just have her. And then there are these really cool echoes the final time through the chorus when she sings, I wish you would go back. Wish you'd never hung up the phone like I did. I did. There's these really cool echoes. Yeah. Because the production cuts out again Mm -hmm. the last time through that she sings it. Well, not the fully last time, but after that last verse when she goes back into it and her voice echoes throughout. Mm -hmm. And it's like really, really fun and cool. Again, like as I say on all Jack Antonoff produced episodes, really good headphones are awesome. (laughs) And they really help, and you can hear so many really cool things, and it's just great. I I think that she sounds so good on it, 
And uh, again, with, with 1989, the repetitive nature of the songs... I don't mind because mm-hmm. there's so much to listen to and mm-hmm. your ear keeps picking up new things that never gets boring. Yeah, it's really layered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so many of the songs on this album are repetitive in nature and that kind of lends itself to the pop mentality. Yeah. It never feels repetitive. Mm-hmm. It never feels boring. It never, you, there's always something new and, and that's a really good sign of a really good pop song. I will never be able to stress this enough of like how good a team the two of them are. Yeah, they they work so well together. Yeah, and I feel like this is the sister song to Style and mm-hmm. same narrative obviously. Mm-hmm. And so much of this album is cohesive that way mm-hmm. because it's kind of the story about one person mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is super helpful too. I mean, I think that this might be one of her sonically most cohesive albums Mm -hmm. just because the story and the sounds all kind of gel Mm -hmm. really well yeah i love it i love this song what about you what do you think about it so i too love this song it's just such a bop a fun song it really captures like the 80 sounds of the album like all the production Mm -hmm. really like picks that up and what's interesting for a lot of us who are taylor fans and became fans of this song at that time is that not a lot of us really even knew that those were 80s sounds. Yeah. You know? We were like, wow, look at these sounds. Like, we knew that's what she was doing because of 1989 and it's the year she was born and that was her goal to use those sounds. But it's so cool how, like, the cyclical nature of music and how she could bring that back around and it's this hip-hop song in the mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. I just think that's really awesome. I agree that the intro is very iconic. It's so fun. You're immediately like, okay, I'm ready mm-hmm. for this song. It's, like, such a fun song to drive to. The drums are really great. They, like, really drive the song. And I just, I love the emotion in Taylor's voice throughout it. And I just remember, like, really feeling this song when it first came out. Mm. And I just, I love her playing with the idea of two people missing each other, but neither wanting really to, like, give in and tell the other. Yeah. And then, like, she kind of gives up with the, it's all good. Like, I'm fine. It's all good. Yeah. Even though, like, she really wishes they would. You yeah. know? <laughs> like, it's, it, I love that. I find it a very relatable feeling, mm. which I'll get into when we get to relate. And then I love, I think it's the, a chorus where like the production kind of drops out is, I don't know if that's the same part you were talking about where there's like a part where it mm-hmm. gets really like quiet and she's just singing. Yeah. That part or the, I wish you would go back. Yeah. That Yeah. 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 That's a chorus, right? That, that is a chorus. And that's the one that I was talking about with the, with the echoes. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. I love that idea of, like, he has all these layers, and then it's such a dramatic tactic Mm -hmm. to then cut it out. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting. Like, even, like, the lyrics tell the story, but the production also tells Mm -hmm. the story. And that's really cool, especially for someone like me who doesn't always pick up on that. Yeah. It really works. Though, like, as you mentioned, the song is repetitive. I actually think it's very strong lyrically in making you really feel what she's singing about. Yeah. Like, you kind of, you get the emotions that she's conveying, um, and you can feel, like, kind of, like, the longing. Yeah. A question for you, because mm. it was interesting having just done I, I Know Places, what do you feel about in the layered part of the song where it's like, 
I, I, I wish I, wish I. Mm. How do you feel about the eyes there? I love, I, I like it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like it because, like I said with I Know Places, once it was used in the layering of the song, mm. and it wasn't the only thing you were listening to, mm-hmm. it wasn't jarring to me. Like, when it was only that, like, I was like, okay, that's, you know, a mm-hmm. little jarring to me. Here, since there's so much else going on yeah. around it, it, it actually is okay for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like it when it's the only thing that your ear picks up. Mm-hmm. Like the ratatatatatatatatatatatatas as well. Yeah. Yeah, you like it if it's in more in the layering of the song. Y- yes. And it almost as if in that part for me, her voice is just another instrument right. in the song, which I yeah. think is cool. And I like it here too because she puts in the words wish as well. I I wish I wish I mm. I I wish I wish I you know, it's mm. you know, you're like wishing upon a star, like making your three wishes or whatever. Mm. You know? Do you like it? Yeah, I do. I I really like the the overall production of this song. I think, for me, mostly, it's because it was a song I very much connected to. Sure. So what did you think of the tour performance? You saw it, right? Yes. You know, what's interesting is, so I I did see this tour, and I loved this tour. What's interesting watching it back is... I did not remember the performance of this song. Hmm. And I think that's kind of telling given like how much I remember about how you get the girl or even like Welcome to New York or You Are in Love. There are just some like more iconic moments of that tour for me. Yeah. I don't really understand like the like obstacle course thing, all the bars where the guys are doing flips in the back. Like I don't get that at all. Yeah. It's just like dancing. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. There are a lot of choices with the male dancers which they were all male dancers on this tour that i don't really understand yeah in a lot of the songs i mean i think she sounded great in it in the tour she's very in her power like it's such a fun song to like watch her perform and obviously like she um, you know just looks like stunning her eyes are so blue so blue otherwise i don't really remember too much about it yeah you know, yeah. it didn't like leave a huge impression on me where some other performances did. sure like how you get the girl yeah or like favorite number. Almost all of rap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or the the numbers where she, like, the runway went up. Yeah. And she was up there with a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Those were cool. Those were really cool. Since I saw on the DVD. <laughs> on the DVD, <laughs> a.k.a. clips on YouTube. <laughs> a.k.a. <laughs> so, Devin, mm. do you relate to I Wish You Would? No, I don't really relate to it. I've never been in a relationship or post-relationship where... I have been pining for that person to come back to me. Mm. I was always in the, uh, what is the right word? Others were pining for you? Right. I was in, I was in the position. <laughs> I can see this in your head. You're like, how do I say how this? How do I say this? No, I was in the position where I always did the breaking up. Mm-hmm. I never found the right woman until you. Yeah, so I had that's to go fair. through all of these other women to get to you. Yeah. I had to break up with a lot of a lot of girls and women mm. in, in my heyday. Mm. We all know on this podcast, I was not the best, you know, relationship person in high school yeah. and college yeah, and post-college. <laughs> <laughs> Until we met. It's fair. And even then I had work to do. So we both did. Anyway, I don't relate in that way. I do relate to late nights, 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. I do relate to driving in cars. Yeah. Our relationship is very important uh, with the car. Yeah. It's a, it's a big 
big part of our relationship, yes. driving upstate and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I do relate to those aspects of it. And I do relate to loving to jam out to a song. And I can definitely jam out to this song. Yeah, but I mean, I love the song nonetheless, mm. even though I can't relate to the meat and bones of it. Meat and potatoes of it. Yeah, meat and bones is not a thing. <laughs> the meat and the potatoes. Uh-huh. I think he's just like, I can't relate to the meat of it. How about you? Do you relate? I related to a lot of 1989 when it came out. As I mentioned on some previous episodes, especially our How You Get the Girl episode, I went through a breakup where we broke up for circumstantial reasons, and neither side really felt that it was completely finished when it ended, and then it kind of lingered on emotionally for another year-ish, and this song, like, really captured how I felt during that year, like, missing that person, wanting them to want me, but never being able to fully let my guard down and say it, like, being too scared to say it, which should have been a sign. Anyway, but I didn't know that at that time. I was a lot younger. And then there are just some great lyrical gems in this song that I find super relatable for when you break up with someone but still have feelings for them, such as, wish I'd never hung up the phone like I did, and wish you knew that I'd never forget you as long as I live, and wish we could go back and remember what we were fighting for, wish you knew that I miss you too much to be mad anymore. Mm. I think they're all, like, really relatable ideas and feelings, and, like, especially when you're missing someone you once loved. Yeah. And I also think it's really hard when you're in that phase, because you're, like, not necessarily seeing the full picture and, like... You're going to love someone again. You're going to meet someone again. And you're just stuck in this, what if I just lost the one? What if we were supposed to be together and we never said it? And I think that that it's a very dramatic way of thinking. (laughs) But, you know, obviously I can be prone to the drama as a lot of people can be when they're very in their feelings, you know? And I think that, I I think that if you have this, if you're supposed to be with someone, you're not going to be too terrified to tell them how you feel. Yeah. You're going to feel like you can trust them with that, even if they might not feel the same. For sure. And maybe this is just me speaking as a mature adult now and like that I've been through a lot of different emotions and feelings and like obviously like marriage and it's Mm -hmm. like, it's a whole different level. But I think that it's, It's a sign if you're scared to tell someone, hey, like, maybe I still like you. Maybe we want to get back together. Like, maybe that's not right. It's just your insecurities or wanting to be with someone or think you're not going to find someone better talking. Right. And I think that's a very common thing. So I find this song extremely relatable. It's obviously less so. Like, I can remember and tap into that version of myself. But at this point now, it was almost eight years ago. Yeah. And so, obviously, I relate to it less now, but I remember when it came out, I mean, this whole album, I was like, Taylor wrote this album for me. Like, she and I, though obviously very different levels of public relationship and very different ways of it, it was a similar feeling. Mm-hmm. And I find that really compelling. Mm. Well, now we get to the segment of... Gossip. The hidden message in the liner notes for this song are, he drove past her street each night. Oh. So Taylor told Rolling Stone that this song is about an ex who bought a house two blocks from hers. Rolling Stone believed that this was about Harry Styles buying a home in L.A. near Taylor's. Mm -hmm. Um, Some sites incorrectly cited 
that he had bought an apartment in Tribeca, right? Oh. Apartment, which he did, but that happened far after this album. I see. Okay. But I found that very interesting. I'm like always down in Tribeca, where Ooh. it's where I work, and I'm like, Harry lives down here too, but he's never there. Interesting. Yeah, a lot of them have places in New York, especially during the pandemic. People aren't traveling the way they used to. It is a 2 a.m. watch oh. in this song. I think it's our third 2 a.m. watch of the podcast. Yeah, I, I believe so. So, gotta keep an eye on that. 2 a.m. watch. One of Taylor's favorite times. Yeah. <laughs> in an interview about how they started collaborating, Jack said, The moment when we shifted from friendship into working together was when we were talking about the snare drum on Fine Young Cannibals, She Drives Me Crazy, Antonoff told Rolling Stone. For those of you who don't know, that's a name of a band in an album <laughs> and a song. <laughs> Taylor brought it up first, and I was like, holy shit, you're not going to believe this. I just sampled that snare in a track. I played her one second of it on my iPhone, and she was like, send me that track. That became a song called ah. I Wish You Would. Pretty cool, right? In the deluxe version of 1989, one of the voice memos Taylor included was for I Wish You Would. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. On it, she said... This is another way I've written songs recently. This is a song I did with Jack Antonoff, and Jack is one of my friends, and so we're hanging out, and he pulled out his phone and goes, I made this amazing track the other day. It's so cool. I love these guitar sounds. And he played it for me, and I immediately could hear this finished song in my head, and I just said, please, please let me have that. Let me play with it. Send it to me. And so he sent it to me, and I was on tour, and this was me playing the track on my laptop, recording me singing the vocal into my phone, and it ended up being a song called I Wish You Would, because Mm. Jack wrote back and said, I love that. Cool. So this is another way of writing. It's writing to track. Cool. Yeah. About the song to Jack in that memo, she said, okay, so this is an idea called I Wish You Would. It's kind of about this guy who's like, he's driving down the street in the middle of the night, and he passes his ex-girlfriend's house, and it's like, he thinks she hates him, but she's still in love with him. Very dramatic. (laughs) This track is sick. Hope you like it. (laughs) (laughs) And then, like, she only sings uh, one verse in chorus, and then she goes, okay, hope you you like it. And it's, like, so cute, and that's the memo that she sent to Jack as they were creating this song, which I love. One of Taylor's most misheard lyrics is in this song, and it's the line, Stand back where you stood, which many people thought was stand back wasted. And I will tell you, I still sing it that way. I, I, wow. It's stand back where you stood. Wow. I know. I still say stand back wasted. Stand back wasted. Yeah. Isn't that so crazy? Wow. That's a very, very commonly misheard lyric. And even though I know it's commonly misheard and I know the right lyric, I don't sing the right lyric. Stand back wasted. (laughs) I just was singing it and that's what I sing. It makes more sense in a song. Yeah, I even looked at the lyrics yeah. while I was listening to it, and I still thought it was wasted. Yeah. Do you think it is about Harry? So I think that a lot of 1989 is like about this Harry narrative, but then I also think there's fictionalized parts of sure. every song as well. So I think what probably happened is Harry bought this house, and Taylor thought, like, oh my god, like, how weird is it that, like, he might drive past my house? Uh-huh. And then it created this song. So I right. don't think it's ever, like, fully, like, a linear story about her life. Oh, Like, some of them are, but I don't think a lot of 1989 is. It's, like, inspiration and then leads to sure. more further things yeah, yeah, in yeah. the stories. But I think a lot of the emotions that she's writing about are very real. Yeah. They cover so many angles of 
the same idea. Yeah. And like the losing someone or falling in and out of love. And yep. she takes it from so many different sides. Yeah. And it feels just very real. I also, though, even though I feel that way, like um, analytically, I do still think about Harry whenever I hear this album. Sure. You know? Yeah. How can you not? Yeah, obviously. <sighs> Please. What is your favorite line in I Wish You Would? I love, you always knew how to push my buttons. Yes. (laughs) It's so good. And that is such a thing in relationships Mm -hmm. is that you miss the like ridiculous parts of it too. And you don't, you don't appreciate those as much um, when they're not around. Mm -hmm. So like, even when we're like apart and Mm -hmm. for like a couple of days or whatever, Mm -hmm. I miss when you push my buttons. So like (laughs) when you, you know, when you challenge me Uh or whatever, like I miss that discourse. Mm -hmm. You forget about that when you're, when you're thinking about, like, what you like in your relationship. Yeah. You know, because even in our vows, like, we're, you know, talking about them, and I'm like, I'm like, I vow to always push your buttons. Or, <laughs> That's <laughs> or so you, cute. Or you always vow to push my buttons yeah. or whatever. Because, you know, it, it it's an important part of relationships. And, you know, never to the point of, like, being mean or whatever. Uh, disagreement is important. Well, and it's part of knowing someone fully. Like, yeah. knowing what buttons to push exactly you have to know someone well to know that exactly yeah Yeah. and knowing how far to push those buttons yeah but i love that (laughs) i also love how this sounds in the song like you always knew how to push my buttons that part is so good it's so good so that's the bridge right yeah yeah it's so good yeah it's so good what about you what is your favorite line i really like you're thinking that I hate you now because you still don't know what I never said. Oh. Yeah, I think it's extremely relatable, like, especially after a breakup. Oh, well, like, they hate me. But it's like, you actually don't know how I feel because right. I never said it. And that's a very common thing. Yeah. And just, like, knowing that sometimes you can say things and have closure and sometimes, like, you don't have to give that or get that from another person. You can know it for yourself. Yeah. But just that, like, you still don't know what I never said. I never told yeah. you. Yeah. And those are the kind of things that I think, like, stay with you when you think about, like, you know, when you get become, like, older, more mature, you're like, why wasn't I just, like, fully honest mm-hmm. when I was younger? Why was I so scared? Yeah. What do you have to gain from being scared? It's just interesting. Yeah. You know, I think about that in terms of, like, people who I had crushes on that, like, I never shared that. Sure. And it's just kind of like, why? Yeah, shoot your shot. You know, I mean, like, obviously everything worked out (laughs) the way it was supposed to, but it's just an interesting thing that happens with people in relationships when they like people, there's so much fear. Yeah. Interesting. I like that lyric. That's good. Yeah. And then, of course, I like this next lyric. Oh, yes. So, Devin, on a scale of one to ten, crooked loves in a straight line down. Oh. What do you give I wish you would? But before you rate it, what does that mean? What does that even mean? I really like that line. Like, that was almost my favorite line because I love how it sounds, but I don't really understand Mm. it. Like, I guess the way I see it is that, like, love, if it goes well, is, like, can be straight and linear. They went crooked. Like, they went off the line and they couldn't get back to it. Mm -hmm. But that's just an interpretation. I don't really know what it means. Yeah. Where a crooked love in a straight line down makes you want to run and hide that makes you turn right back around. Mm -hmm. So I think, I mean, it's very whimsical and wonderful. So crooked and straight, obviously, are the antitheses. Uh I think it kind of goes into like the back and forth nature of the relationship, possibly. 
as in like their love is kind of crooked and broken Mm. and bent and misshapen, but has the ability to actually line up. Mm. Even though it's like messed up, like there are those moments where they can be in a straight line, Mm -hmm. but then also, you know, it makes you want to run, but come back and so it's back and forth nature nature. so there are aspects of it that are like really good and they can you know line up Mm -hmm. and then obviously there are the other parts that make it really difficult yeah crooked could also mean dangerous yeah and like i like what you said though i find i find that really interesting and it makes sense with this narrative and the getting back together yeah she lost him but she found herself right all three months yeah yeah it's an amazing line very complex. Yeah. I think that she probably had been wanting to write that line from her journal I, for a while. That definitely sounds like a journal yeah. line. Like it came to her and she's like, okay, yeah. I have to I have to, I have to put this in somewhere. I love the line. Like it just yeah. like, I really enjoy it even though I'd never fully got it. Yeah. So what would you rate I Wish You Would from one to ten crooked loves in a straight line down? <sighs> I'm going to go with nine. Okay. Nine crooked loves in a straight line down. Nice. For the nostalgia of this song, for the fact that this was one of the first songs that made me really like Taylor Swift, Mm -hmm. for the fact that it is a Jack Antonoff produced song. And I know that some of our listeners may be thinking, Devin, like, this isn't a Jack Antonoff podcast. (laughs) I I beg to differ because he is such an important part of Taylor's life. Yeah. He is an integral piece of Taylor's career and has helped her create some of her best work, I think. So I think he is a very important part to to this podcast. (laughs) And I also love his music. Yeah, and and that's A-OK. I love his vibe, and all of his music is sonically pleasing to me. And and I mean, yeah, some of the lyrics in this are great. The way she sounds on it is awesome. The era of 1989 is one of my favorites. Yeah. A nine for me. Nice. Gab, from 1 to 10, Crooked Loves in a Straight Line Down, what would you give the song? So I think we agree on a lot of 1989 songs, is Mm. what it's seeming. Because I also give this song 9, Crooked Loves Mm. in a Straight Line Down. Okay. I love this song. There were definitely times when it was in my top 20. Sure. Obviously, I tend to have a recency bias, I think. (sighs) Don't we all? In some ways, yeah, I think so. Um, And obviously I loved a lot of Folklore and Evermore, so it's kind of bumped some of the other Mm -hmm. songs out. But I I think this is a great song. I love listening to it. I connected to it, which always was, like, helpful for me and um, getting through tough times, like Taylor being there. It gets a nine. Cool. You know, it's not, like, one of my top, top, tops, but it's a song I really, really love. For sure. Listen along with us. Check us out on Instagram at Z Podcast and give us all your thoughts. What do you think crooked love in a straight line down means? <laughs> give us your interpretation, please. Are you a big fan of I Wish You Would mm. and the 1989 era? Are you not? Oh. We want to hear it all. So let us know on Instagram. And remember, you can find exclusive bonus content as well as one-on-one messaging on our Patreon at patreon.com slash podcast or the link in the bio or podcast description. We recently released an episode on the John Mayer song featuring Taylor called Half of My Heart. Yay. Very, very fun episode. Super fun. Where we try to learn about John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> where we try. <laughs> 
Well, next episode, we'll be covering I'm Only Me When I'm With You from debut. One of my favorites. Come hang with us. I'm Devin. And I'm Gab. This has been Tay to Z. Thanks for listening. See you next time.